Hi everyone, I'm Sarah Baker and this is Mama Stories. I created Mama Stories after seeing how impactful sharing stories can be in overcoming the challenges of motherhood. I am where I am today because of the stories of so many amazing strong mamas and I want to share that with every mom I can. So follow along to laugh, cry and be empowered. Hi, everyone. I'm Dustin Baker, and I'm the producer of the newly launched Mama Stories podcast. Um, Today, I'm going to actually be your host as we interview my favorite guest and the founder of Mama Stories, Sarah Baker. Uh, So in addition to being the founder of Mama Stories, Sarah is also my incredible wife and the best mama of our 21-month-old son, Grayson. So, Sarah, welcome, and thank you so much for being (laughs) here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my (laughs) pleasure. Um, so obviously it's a little different than how things are normally going to go. Um, you're obviously going to be the host of the Mama Stories podcast and you'll be sitting, doesn't really matter which chair you'll be sitting in, but you'll be, you know, leading the story. But today it's going to be Depending me. on how good you do today, maybe yeah. we'll switch it. <laughs> it would be a little awkward if I was hosting the Mama Stories podcast, <laughs> but you never know, right? You never know. Um, it's so, for dads too. Yeah, like normally we would jump right in and start talking about our guest, uh, but today I want to kind of take everybody back to the beginning um, and really let you talk about Mama Stories, what Mama Stories is, and how we got to be here today sitting here in front of all this awesome equipment. <laughs> A lot of wires, yeah. but it is awesome. A dangerous. Um, how far back? Wow, it's like a. What, I was born in 1980. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, okay, uh, so let's see. We had Grayson, like you said, he's 21 months, so he's almost two, which is crazy. Um, And really, I think that's when, I know people say like your world is turned upside down when you have a baby, but I felt like literally my world was turned upside down. Um, And I just, I struggled. Like I had this really hard time understanding like, is it postpartum depression? Is it natural? Is it, I'm just not a good mom? Like, what is it? Um, and I think I continued to struggle with that until I found a community of moms and I started to learn like, Hey, we all have stories to tell, you know, like funny ones, sad ones, hard ones, ones that are, you know, have an ending and ones that you're still in. Um, and as I would be in these groups and I would feel life and I would feel connected with these women and these moms going through the same thing, I just thought, I really just want to bring this to more moms. And so I, you know, I have a, a couple stories where moms really impacted me to just like, you know, hit the ground running. And I think you remember I came yeah, home for sure. every time and was really pumped to do something. And I think, you know, then came mama stories. Yeah. And we were kind of all over the place, right? I mean, you always knew you wanted to do something to improve the lives of women, specifically moms, um, and then mama stories. So kind of take us through what the beginning of Mama Stories was, what your initial idea was, and what you still want it to be, right? So the concept is you want to help moms, help moms through community stories. From a Mama Stories standpoint, though, like how can Mama Stories help, you know, Mom X? Yeah. Um, so initially, I think when we first were kind of like brainstorming how to bring to life basically like a mom's group for moms all over the world, all over the country. Um, 
initially we thought more like mom submitting stories, right? Which is obviously very real and alive today in mama stories where moms can go on, they can share a story with us. So like I was saying before, it could be a funny story. It could be a, um, a sad story. It could be a you know challenging story. And again, it can be a story with an ending where you've gotten through it um, and you have some lessons or some insights for other moms, or it could be, you know, just a, a place to express what's going on, right? Like when I go to my group and I'm with my mom, sometimes the problem that I'm dealing with or the challenge of my motherhood experience isn't solved and they're not going to solve it, but it's getting it out, saying it out loud or writing it down or just being in a place where you know moms are going to read it and they're going to love on you. That was the main goal for Mama Story. So I want moms today to be able to go and write it down, get it out, even if it's funny, right? Like share that with the world too. But I also think that there's a lot of challenges in motherhood and there's a lot of eyes looking at you and bars set that are obscene um, and unattainable. And so Uh, I really wanted that to be the place where people could get that out. So, you know, I know there's a lot of mom bloggers out there that get a lot of what they're going throughout to give other moms um, insight. But I wanted to almost create like a live blog for moms, moms that aren't going to go start a blog. You know, moms that are... Most moms don't have a ton of free time sitting around to create a blog. Exactly. And that's not really their dream, right? But it's almost like they could take a piece of that and they could get that out and they could share that with the world. So something that's going well for them or something that is, you know, challenging for them, they could really get that out to other moms and then they could be loved on by moms in the mama stories community. Um, and the other side, obviously to that was I wanted to expand it more into a podcast, which is where we are today to take those stories, uh, one more step. And I'd like to, I mean, we can, I don't know if you plan on talking about goals of Mama Stories podcast. I don't want to jump ahead. Yeah. I mean, if you want to you know, jump into that and talk about it, it wasn't in my agenda today, but okay. for sure, let's, let's get there. I mean. Yeah. So I, I think the goal is that initially it's going to be laid out. Like I interview moms. I mean, right now I'm interviewing a lot of moms that I know, right. That are in my circle. Sure. Um, But the goal is to reach out, right? Like I want to hear from all moms all over the country, all over the world. I just want to know what they're going through, what their experience was like. Cause I think the more you get out in the world, as far as a motherhood experience, the more things are normalized. And then moms don't have to come, you know, into this motherhood experience and feel ashamed if they're going through something or even dads, you know, and, and, and other humans, I don't know why it's escaping my mind, but all humans, sure. <laughs> moms, grandmas yeah. can kind of be reminded of what that's like and be able to support this mom. And it's not just a new mom, you know, it's moms of all seasons of their walk of motherhood. Um, so that's our, our goal. So right now I'm starting obviously with people I know, right? I'm reaching out to people I know, moms that are strong, that have inspired me, uh, moms that I know have a challenging story or moms that I know have something to really give um, to the listener of the podcast. Uh, the other layer is experts. We want to hear from people that do this for their job. So that could be a midwife. It could be an OBGYN. It could be a lactation specialist, right? Like all these, um, different experts. I'd love to hear from them and get their opinion on either, uh, what their specialty is, but then also get their opinion on what they think the motherhood experience is like. Maybe they are moms, maybe they're not moms. Um, 
And so get to know them a little bit more and then kind of just see where it goes and hopefully interview people again, like I was saying, outside my circle, outside my people, uh, just to continue to get all that uh, information, all those moms just sharing and being able to um, really just tell their story to the world. And we, you know, as parents, we don't really know even what that means, right? I mean, we know the experiences we've had in our 21 months with our kid that's ours, right? I mean, right. We don't have two kids, we, you know, your sister has four kids. We don't have right. any idea what that's like, right? So her story, her life, her everything is so different than that, right? So, yeah. Um, you know, well, and we know, like we've seen Grayson go through different seasons already just in the 21 months he's been on earth. And we always are like shocked, you know? Like we know what a toddler is going to be like because we've heard all these stories or People have told us what toddler season is like, but you don't really know until you're in it. And I think that's also a good reminder that mama stories can provide, you know, like if you're a mom and maybe your kids are older, maybe your kids are out of the house, maybe you're a grandma, like, I don't know where you are, but being reminded of those really, um, challenging times <laughs> when you have a toddler, it might help you when you're in a store and there's a, you know, kid melting down that you can be a little bit more patient because I've seen it. Uh, anyways, I'll get off my high horse about that. And that terrible time doesn't stop when Grayson's not a toddler because right. that comes back when they're 16, 25, and still living at home, whatever yeah. it might be, right? That <laughs> continues on, knock on and on. Wood on, on that one, okay? Yeah. I'm knock not saying we have to experience that personally, <laughs> but I'm sure there's somebody out there yes. living that life right now today. So yeah. um, that's what we want to hear, right? We want to understand what that looks like. We want to hear it. their stories, the good, the bad, the ugly all of it, right? So I will say that's, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you again. It's a good, <laughs> get used to that for everybody <laughs> listening. Go ahead. It just, something popped in my mind. I want to share. Um, oh man, you did it. I lost it. Oh, it's gone. Okay. While it's you're thinking about that, there. I had one ad before okay. we moved on from Mama Stories and the idea. So it was good though. We, just so you know, just bring it back whenever you're ready. Just jump okay. in. Okay. I'll stop. Go ahead. Um, so we had the opportunity to spend some good time with uh, a couple of our neighbors the other day. Mm -hmm. We love talking about mama stories and we're having the conversation. And so I think one of the misconceptions that's out there that I would love for you to just kind of like squash right now is that the mama story isn't a thousand page novel. It's not 18 volumes right. of like all of the Game of Thrones books or whatever it is, right? It's like the mama story is couple pages, three to five minute read, like tell me what that looks like in your mind. Yeah. Um, that's funny. That was literally what I was just about to say when it escaped my mind wow. was this, is that you had mentioned like we're, you and I are only 21 months into this journey. Right. And that maybe that's not true. Cause really truthfully, your journey starts when you start to plan a family, right? Some people don't get pregnant really easy. Some people don't have, you know, beautiful pregnancies. So that's also a story, right? Like there's things that moms experience, new moms, second time moms in that pregnancy journey that are important here too. So, um, but for our journey, like we're, you know, we say only 21 months in. And I think that's where my struggle is when I talk about mama stories is, um, I don't know if I was talking to a mom with a toddler, it's easier for me to explain to her how to, for her, how she could articulate a mama story, right? Like how she could write that down, how she could get started. I think what I'm learning is how to talk to moms of all variations that have kids in high school, that have kids in college, that have kids in middle school, that have 
kids that are getting a driver's license for the first time, right? Like, so I'll try to answer your question. It's not a novel. It is short and sweet or it's long. It's really your heart. Like I could, I have, you know, a couple examples on my phone. They probably take two or three minutes to read, like you were saying. So it's not long, um, but they're my experience, right? Like my experience with nursing, my experience with mom guilt, my experience with just trying to be um, thankful for my current state, but also dealing with identity challenges from being someone that was really successful at work to somebody who is what people like to say, just a stay-at-home mom, right? Like those are all different stories, so they're not long, right? But sometimes they are. Like I know women who have struggled with um, like a, oh, what am I brain trying to say? Uh, infertility, right? Like that's a mm-hmm. long journey. That could be a long journey and it could in- entail a lot of different things. We had a really good friend who went through a lot of different procedures and um things I didn't even know like existed in the world. Truthfully, they just have like a little abbreviation and we all kind of like have an idea of what that means and we just pass through them in life. But when you truly are with somebody who's going through that process, it like opens up your mind. So I'm just saying like those stories might be longer. That story might be a three or four page paper. I don't know. But for me. It's still going, right? I mean, for some people, it it never ends. It's an ongoing story that... So it doesn't have to be long. It's the thing is, it's your story. So I hate to put a lot of guidelines or um, like do this, don't do this around that because it's not, I don't I don't want to block somebody from telling a story that could help a mom that a mom could read alone, maybe because her family's not in town, maybe because her husband's traveling for work and she could read this story or hear a podcast and be like, oh man, I'm not alone oh my gosh, I'm not a bad mom. Like more than just me is experiencing this. So that's my goal. Perfect. All right. Well, I think that sums up mama stories, right? And like kind of where we're going with it. Um, Obviously, as we move forward with the podcast, you're going to hear kind of the variety of moms that we really want to, you know, get in touch with that Sarah talked about um, and really just kind of get out there and and hear from all these moms. So I want to talk now about you and just kind (laughs) of let the world know about Sarah and Sarah's mama journey. So um, where you're going to start off with a lot of your guests is just to have them tell you their journey into motherhood, mm-hmm. you know, as in-depth or as brief as you want to make it. You know, how did you make the decision into becoming a mom? What did that process look like? Was it months and months of trying? Was it instant? You know, kind of take me from there and, and tell your story of how you and Grayson and the world came to being. Yeah. Um, how detailed do you want me to get, babe? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously there was an action and then I got pregnant. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I, um, we had planned it ever since before we got married that we would want to start a family someday. And then um, we got married and I think our plan was to start a family sooner, but just life didn't take us down that path. I got laid off from work and yep. things changed. I ended up keeping that job, but yeah, it obviously opened our eyes up to, were we ready to have a kid? Were we financially and stable enough in our marriage being so young to, yeah. to have a little human running around? 
Yeah, which is funny because before we got married, um, we used to always say like, oh, everything happens for a reason. And I can't like even put into words that even though that was like a really traumatic thing for us at that time, I really truly believe all of that happened because we had Grayson at the perfect time, the perfect situation, and we're here today with an opportunity to change the world for moms Yeah, because of that. Anyways, um, so we knew we wanted to have a baby. Uh, life kind of threw us some curveballs, so we didn't start as soon as we wanted. But then um, I we were ready to go. We had a family vacation planned, and we were like, all right, this is our time to, like, disconnect from work and figure out if maybe we could get pregnant. Let's start trying. And sure enough, uh, it turns out we got pregnant that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it was very fast. We were very lucky. We were very lucky. Um, it was really fast. And I think our parents were um, shocked, but happy, obviously. We have the best video of that. We should show that sometime, yeah. telling them we were pregnant. Uh, yeah, so that went great, smooth. My pregnancy was um, really good. I didn't have a lot of the symptoms. I'm not like, I know this isn't important to you, babe, but I'm going to say this to the listeners. I'm not like a really small um, woman, and so I was very nervous to get pregnant and to gain a bunch of weight, and I was very thankful. I, I really didn't, and... Um, so everything was kind of textbook. Like we got pregnant really fast. I was traveling for work and I didn't have any issues traveling when I was pregnant. I had really, um, good fortune. Oops. Getting used to this mic thing. Um, I had really good fortune, uh, to get a good position an acting position. So I didn't have to work, um, out of an airplane for like closer to the end of my pregnancy. Um, I worked up until the last, like, you know, a few hours before I went into delivery. So that was all good. And then I had Grayson and the part that everybody said would have been natural or easy for me wasn't. So it was like, I kind of had this like really beautiful journey into some really dark times. Yeah. So, I mean, just to, to kind of go back to what that looked like from a work standpoint. So, I mean, I've, it's easy since I know and was there. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're, acting assignment that you had that you were in was a, a step up. And so, you know, you worked in a really social around people every day. You know, you were a trainer for a big corporation, yeah. um, took a leadership job, you know, temporarily in that. And so you saw kind of the stepping stones for moving your career up and, and moving up the ladder in this yeah. company that you'd given a lot of your time to. And so one of the big decisions we had, you know, we didn't sign up for a daycare and go out and find a daycare before Grayson was born. Cause that was kind of our natural belief is that you were going to stay home when we had mm-hmm. Grayson. But, you know, I think that that was a pretty big decision when it came down to it to like yeah. hand in the badge, hand in the keys, give up on everything that you had worked for to give all that time to him. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I definitely dealt with some identity shifting having to happen in my brain. Um, And it was hard because it was supposed to be this magical experience, right? That's what like social media tells you. I remember a very vivid time sitting on our couch in our bonus room and um, struggling. And I was on social media, which I feel like that's a, um, should be a rule that moms cannot go on social media for like the first month. 
That's you go back name. and look at your Instagram during this time you're describing, you were having the best time of your life. Just oh, so for sure. Clear. Like the pictures are for amazing. Sure. You're laughing. Grayson's Thank God for filters doing and, things he yep. never has done before. Like it's incredible, right? Yeah. No, it was great. It was all beautiful on social media. Uh, but I remember I watched this video from a major blog that talked about like this beauty of motherhood and these moms were like rocking their babies and nursing and doing all these things. And I broke down and I was like, Whoa, I, everybody said I was going to be a natural mom. I'm going to stop hitting it at some point. Okay. I use my hands. Uh, I keep hitting the mic. If you don't hear that, it's the mic I'm hitting. Um, you know, everybody said I was going to be this natural mom. And I, and to me, I wasn't, you know, I was, I was crying every minute I could, and I was exhausted. I wasn't getting any sleep. Um, I was lucky if I took a shower. I, you know, and and I put a lot of worth into the time I had to get ready, you know, like doing my hair and my makeup and putting on jewelry, and I couldn't do any of that anymore. I couldn't paint my nails because they kept chipping off and I would find them like on Grayson's face and like <laughs> near his mouth. And I was like, okay, maybe I should stop doing that. So there was just a lot of things that like, I look back now and I think like, oh, you're silly. Like those are small, but I remember them being really big for me and, and really hard to kind of make it like day to day and to not be this angry, you know, person. And then I felt like, well, I made this decision to bring Grayson into the world. I can't be mad at everybody else. It was like your dream from when you were like a little kid, right? Yeah. So you'd always wanted to be a mom. And he was the perfect baby. <clears throat> like he's so uh, cute. He was well. cute. Perfect. <laughs> Not sleeping. Yeah. You were there. struggling. Yeah. To he eat. struggled a lot. Yeah. He had some struggles. He's making up for it a little bit now. A little bit. Yeah. Mm hmm. Was I, I don't even remember I mean, if you I stopped was talking, so I guess you were done. <laughs> hey guys, are we best friends yet? Make sure that you are following Mama Stories on Instagram and Facebook at The Mama Stories. Also, you can check us out at mamastories.com. There you can read, share, and even sign up to be on this podcast. So go do it right now. Well, maybe after this episode. Yeah. So, I mean, you were, you know, talking about just kind of the struggles and what you were going through at that point, yeah. right? So, you know, what did that transition then look like? I mean, like, how did you graduate on? I mean, you know, looking back on it for me today, those times seemed so difficult and challenging then because it was new. It was scary. He was yeah. small and breakable. We didn't know what was happening. I mean, he sleeps now, but he's still exhausting because he can run now. Back right. then, he didn't move. So <laughs> I would love type if, of if I could have a day where he just didn't move again. I would just be <laughs> like, oh, man. It's funny. I think back to that sometimes, too. Like, if I, I'm like, oh, if I could just put him in the boppy for, like, yeah. two hours and, like, take a shower or something. Even right. today, I think like that. But reality is the times when he could be in a boppy were probably really truthfully, like, some of the darkest times. Like, I really... I really struggled. Identity, I struggled. I struggled. I mean, I always felt alone, even though I was in the same room as people. I felt like my world changed. Like like my world changed and everybody just kept acting like it was the same old life again. And it was hard for me to like wrap my mind around why I thought that and why I was mad about that. Like my life did change and that's and it's not a bad thing. 
Um, but everybody else's life just keeps going, right? But they there's just kept like, going. There's a day that he's here. It's exciting. People like say congrats. They comment on your pictures. They <laughs> People come see him. They yeah. give him hugs. They give him back before he gets crazy. Like mm-hmm. it's this perfect world, right? But, you know, th- this is a really like big one for me from the outside looking in. So um, I did go back to work, whatever it was, like. A month later. Uh, yeah, it was maybe like six weeks. I don't remember. We, I got some extra paternity leave and um, was able to spend a little more time at home than I had originally planned. So you were very cra- lucky with that. Yeah, crazy amounts of paternity leave. But um, so you know, I went back to work, and there's all these people that want to help. Mm-hmm. So you know, we have a a good amount of family. Like I have, you know, my dad, my stepmom, my mom. You have mom, dad, stepmom. You have, you know multiple siblings. I have multiple siblings. So we had a lot of people, friends lived close by, like all these people always wanted to help. So they would reach out to Sarah. They'd reach out to me. They'd always be like, Hey, we can come over. We can hang out. We can do whatever. Mm -hmm. So before I kind of jump in and give my thoughts on it, I mean, what is your position kind of on how that all works? Cause I think that's one of the biggest challenges is that you have all this help. Mm -hmm. You feel alone. Mm Mm-hmm. How can you, like, how could you tell a mom how to overcome that? I mean, it's, it's the biggest, well, scariest off, thing, right? For sure. I'm going to say one thing. I'm not an expert, right? Like, I don't. Yeah, this isn't the expert show. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> don't put expert in this we title. We did not claim to be. Um, so, so I think there's different levels, right? Like, I eventually went and saw a doctor who, you know, told me that I was, you know, had postpartum depression. I needed antidepressant medicine. So if if you find yourself in that space, I would say number one, you got to talk to somebody that's a professional. And luckily we had the best doctor ever, which hopefully I get to interview her someday. Yeah. We'll see. Um, she was amazing. And I went and saw her and I was melting down in her office and she totally comforted me and hung out with Grayson and just gave me like a little break. It was awesome. Probably one of the best moments of my life. But, um, so first off, I mean, you got, you have to seek professional help if you're feeling that way and, and you have to know it's normal. Like that was my biggest thing is I just, I didn't think it was normal. I really felt like something was wrong with me. I really felt like I was so broken and I shouldn't have been a mom and I rushed into it and all these things. Right. And then I would be like, Oh, I'm just not sleeping or, Oh, you know, and I'd give all these excuses. But finally I think I was just like, man, I got to go see a doctor. And so I did, thankfully. So, but my other advice is, um, is more for people who are not in it and you know, a new mom and you know, she's not acting normal. Cause I know there were a lot of my friends who could tell, and for sure my sisters, I just think you got to spend that time kind of breaking the walls down with them because maybe they're not willing to go see a doctor and maybe they are dealing with that. But what I struggled with was that people always asked about how Grayson was doing and kind of like, oh, how are you? Oh, you're good. Okay, well, how's the baby? And and so it was easy for me to deflect everything to Grayson. And um, and I, I really think I needed somebody to just kind of like sit back and be like, you know, you're not acting like you normally do. And so I'm concerned, like, how are you really doing? And I've had friends today tell me that, like my sisters have told me that, that I was like a very different person back then. Um, And I get it. Like, if you said that to me back then, I probably would have been really defensive and I probably wouldn't have been receptive to that. 
but I do think it would help kind of at least make sure that I knew I wasn't as crazy. And as once I got over being defensive, I probably would have, you know, sought help of some sort. Um, so, so that's my first advice. If you know a new mom, if she's acting different, if you know a mom and she's just acting different, just stop in the middle of the chaos and like check in on her and don't allow her to deflect to her kids because it's super easy for moms to do that. Uh, my advice for you as a new mom, aside from seeking help and just checking in with a doctor before your six week appointment, um, is just to, well, one, to stay off social media. I think that that's really important. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be my new rule. Don't go on social media. Um, it's just to find your group, you know, find moms and find a community. So if you have a, you know, fitness group, you can join like a, they have a lot of like stroller workout groups with moms. If it's, you know, just like a music class. Like, I don't know if you remember, but I did that music class with Grayson. It was amazing. Yeah. I didn't really like have a ton of friends, but it was nice to get out and just talk to other moms and start that conversation. And, um, if I wasn't where I was then, I probably would have made more friends with them. I think I was a little closed and, off. And you were more comfortable in that type of situation than like allowing somebody to like come. Cause when somebody would come to the house, like yeah. all these people that were asking to come over, like they didn't really care about you. I mean, no, no offense to the people that were offering to help, but a lot of that is they're, you know, not there at two in the morning to help us. I mean, I guess Chanel and some different people stay yeah. the night. Um, but, you know, they're, my they're, sister, they're by there, the way. Yeah, sorry. They're there to see the baby, right? I right. mean, they're there, mm-hmm. they're going to play. They'll give you some time, like you can go shower, you can yeah, but you won't. sit in the corner by yourself <laughs> and do whatever. I mean, you can have that time, but it's yeah. not you're then also entertaining people. You have to make sure your house looks For nice. Sure. I mean, I think of the people's houses we go to today, just to like really good friends of ours to have brunch or something. And they like, you know, redo their whole house and make everything perfect and amazing. <laughs> and like, you know, there's a lot of stress that comes in For hosting sure. people in your home. And so, yeah. you know, when you haven't showered in days and there's, you know, whatever's going on and you're like well, learning and to be a parent, that's not really like a easy spot to let people in. Right. Yeah. And Grayson, um, I will say Grayson is a good baby. Like we're very lucky to have had Grayson, but when he was little, he struggled a lot with like his belly, like whatever was going on in his tummy, my ability and inability to nurse him, our transitions in and out of that. Um, even when people were there, it was hard for people to really hold him because he was in pain a lot and crying a lot. Um, and so it, it was great. Like, I know people got time with Grayson, but it seemed like more, I would put him like in the wrap, you know, and I would just bounce him around and then people would entertain at her house kind of. So, so it was a little harder, um, to like give him to somebody. And I don't, I, that could have been me too. Like, I think that's a big like perception of that time and how you viewed that time. Cause obviously not an outsider, but like somebody who wasn't going through, the emotional and the hormonal challenges at that mm-hmm. time. Uh, obviously I was sleep deprived and scared, and terrified, all those things along with you. But, you know, I saw it very differently. Like I, the time when people were there was great because there was community. There was time to like, you know, have grace and be loved on by everybody else. And it seemed like you would be getting a break, but I know now 
that that probably wasn't the case at the time, but right. And when you you know were able to, I think it did work. But I don't even think I knew how to take a break. I no. think that's the difference. I think I've learned that now as Grayson's gotten older, and I don't know if that's something as a new mom. And I've seen new moms who do it really well, and I'm envious of that, right? Like, I see a new mom who can, like, you know, let grandma watch the baby while she goes to the mall, and I'm like, get it, girl. Like, high five, get yourself a coffee, go to the spa. Like, pretend like you're going to the mall, but really go to the spa. Like, I'm like, high five. I couldn't not be in the same room as Grayson. I dealt with a lot of like I separation. You went to Starbucks one time, I think, and it was like terrifying to like just leave for that Oh my gosh. seven minute round trip to It was really Starbucks bad. So I will tell you, if you have the ability from like day one to like give yourself some break, that is so great. And you need that. If you don't, you need to for sure maybe go talk to a doctor because that's what I did. And then I, you know, and then things started to change for me and I was able to really get past, um, a lot of that. I mean, I'm, I'm still very protective over Grayson, I think naturally, but you know, I, I couldn't even fathom like letting other people hold him was hard for me. Like people holding Grayson, I was always so terrified. Um, and now I feel like if he was a brand new baby, I'd be like, here, could you take him? I'm going to (laughs) like, I'll see you later. <laughs> but it's easy to look back and say that. I think in the moment it was for, for sure. sure not that easy. Yeah. And the, the one other thing just to add that I think is really important too is, mm-hmm. you know, we were like really active. We went out all the time, had like a pretty, you know, solid social life. Sure. Um, the other big challenge is if you don't have a lot of friends with young kids and then how to support friends that have babies, right? You know, if I had yeah. a friend today who had a baby, knowing that just going and like hanging out, having drinks with them and trying to live like the normal, obviously with a baby ourselves, it's easier. But, you know, having that same experience and trying to like rekindle what you had had with those people in that relationship in the past, mm-hmm. you know, down the line, I think that all comes back and that can for sure be, be something that exists again. But in mm-hmm. that early times to really look for something new and to try and like build that relationship differently and figure out how, you know, if you are really close and really good friends, even if you don't have a kid, like what can you do to try to be in those people's lives, but be a part of a life of somebody who just had a baby? Because I think that that's a a really difficult transition for, you know, people and, and groups of friends to have, right? I would almost say it's like almost impossible. Only because I felt like I knew what being a mom was like. I mean, my sister, my older sister has four babies. My middle sister has one. I have two younger siblings. Like I've changed a few diapers in my life before I had Grayson. I, um, and you just, you don't know until you're in it. You just, you don't. And, and that's okay. I had to have a lot of forgiveness for myself at some point to be like, man, I was a really bad sister and I was a really bad friend when I had friends have babies or my sister had babies. I just, you know, I was like, cool, I want to love on your baby. And then like, bye. I didn't really understand what support looked like. So I, I feel like that's kind of, I think that's good advice. Like for sure it's, you need to recognize that it's different as the friend that doesn't have a child and, and you have and a it, friend that does and have it a child. may not be. I mean, we've had friends that, you know, I've had friends that have had kids in the past where they have kept going on and they've 
maintain that like level of social in their life. But, but see, that's like, what you see. I think there's like also a period of time when maybe they didn't have that and yeah. we just weren't there. I kept getting invited back. So I was going to say that like <laughs> the key is, is like if you don't get invited back or if you don't get the call, that <laughs> then that maybe, maybe you did something wrong. Like you're not okay. helping, you're hurting, right? But Okay, yes, for or sure. Or maybe I spent a bunch of time sitting on the couch like we invited by people back while that they didn't were upstairs help. taking care. Yeah, that's true. Because we loved them. Yeah. Um, and I think we also had a lot of patience for them because we knew they didn't understand. Yeah. And... As hard as that was some nights, I think you can think of a couple, um, to like host way beyond our bedtime. Um, it was also good for us to get that social time, but it also is good for new parents to make sure that they know that balance, like know that your life has changed. <laughs> like there is a shift that has happened in your life, whatever you want to label that. Some people don't want to say change. Some people whatever, but there is a shift in your life and you have to maintain your own personal health. And so that is balancing your social time and that is getting your sleep. Um, so you just have to be real with yourself and talk about it with your partner. Uh, but for new friends, I think as far as advice, I think effort is good, but I, I just don't think that they'll ever know. Like I would literally argue that they could never truly know, um, how to do it until they had a kid. Like you just, you just don't know. Yeah, for sure. You think you do, but you don't. And that's okay. I wanted to throw that in that it was okay. Okay. Totally is okay. Um, all right. So one of our goals of the mom stories podcast is try and keep things like pretty short and sweet. Um, so we don't want to have a three hour long conversation unless it's a really good three hour. It is. Long so we've, we've made it through what is mama stories and the, maybe the first four months, I don't remember how long we like lived the life that you're talking about in that house. And <laughs> as, as you continue on in this journey with Sarah and the podcast, you'll learn so much more about her, about the five or six times we've moved multiple times. We've moved even just since Grayson's been born in 21 months yeah. and we the like crazy journey that we're on now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll probably have a version two, three, four interviews with Sarah to find out more. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, is there anything else you want to close out with? You know, this is going to be the first podcast that gets broadcast out to the world, the f- kind of opportunity for people to hear and see what it is that they can expect from you. Um, I know that one of the things you're going to ask your guests is to also share a quick mama story on top of their journey. Um, so, you know, I don't think you need to jump in that today. You've shared a lot of great stories. If you want to, you can, um, otherwise you can save that for later, but maybe just tell a little bit more about, you know, what else you can expect from the mama stories podcast. I'm distracting Dustin on the other side of the mic. (laughs) If you can tell (laughs) Trying. This is why not he a, doesn't want to come back. Not a great host. <laughs> yes, you are. Stop. You're being so silly. Um, I wish we would have hit record when we were testing our mics. I feel like there was some real raw dust in that yeah. came out. Anybody who knows me and anybody who's <laughs> listening can hear the monotoneness <laughs> across my voice. I can see it on the. I literally can see the thing as Sarah's talking. <laughs> the little like things go jagged up and down, and when I talk, it's just a flat line. Like when. You've seen me play Honey, rock band I before. I get booed off the stage every time in rock band because there's no inflection. <laughs> Literally, it's just flat. Oh, my gosh. I love you so much. Um, okay. Yeah. No, I would love to share a mama story Yeah. Um, to close it out because I think that's, 
ideally the goal <laughs> of each of the podcasts. Like I'll interview the mom and then at some point get a mama story, whether it happened naturally or whether it be something that we probe. Um, so uh, I could read verbatim my mama story, but instead I will, because Dustin's shaking his head rapidly. Do not do that. Okay. I will not do that. I will just tell you. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit about, um, obviously my transition into motherhood, which, uh, was not as magical in my mind as I expected it to be. But, um, I want to talk about one of the things I really struggled with as a mom. It was like my first, um, experience with this bar that is set for moms or these expectations that are set for moms, um, which ultimately lead to my favorite thing in the whole world. I hope you sense my sarcasm, mommy guilt. Um, so I'll start out. So I have Grayson, uh, within like 10 minutes of him entering into the world, the nurse is already trying to get him to nurse and it is like not happening. Um, and I remember when I went to go view the hospital, I'm sure you remember this. Yeah. And they talked about tummy time for an hour, skin to skin, whatever it was. Um, and I was, I, I remember breaking down. I was, I was like tearing up as they were telling us about that when I was pregnant with Grayson. And I was really looking forward to that time, uh, with Grayson. And it ended up being not magical, (laughs) not great. Not what I thought it was going to be for sure. Because I was instantly dealing with this, I'm inadequate as a mom. I can't do the basic thing, which I thought was basic at the time, which was to nurse Grayson. Uh, And so this went on for probably like, I mean, how many hours? Like 18 hours. (laughs) They were like trying to get him to nurse. And then eventually a nurse brought out a nipple shield and it started to kind of work. Um... And there, there he goes. He's like, I mean, I didn't know there was different ways to hold a baby, like football hold and like on your stomach hold and like all these weird. I was like, someone just, someone just help milk come out of my boobs. One disclosure just for us in general is we're not the like read every book, go to every right. class. Like we had. Right. And I actually don't think we went to a single. We did not. Class. We did view hospitals though. That was good. This one. one. Yeah, this, just, one this one. This one. This one. We fell in love instantly. Pretty good. And everywhere on the walls was there like awards and accolades for being like the number one breastfeeding. Yes. Yeah. They were all about the breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, and I was too. Like I really wanted to breastfeed Grayson. I wanted to be breastfeeding him until he was three or four. Like I was all about it. I was diving in. I was excited. Um, so here I was unable to do this thing that I, that I was told, sorry, hit the mic again, uh, that I was told through society was like, a a gift as a mom, like to do this, then you're a mom, um, in necessity, right? Like then there was all these, like, if you don't breastfeed, here's all these bad things that will happen to your baby. So here I was, unable to do it. They put on a nipple shield. I could kind of do it. It kind of worked. Uh, But when we got home from the hospital, I just think Grayson was hungry. Like, and it was, I felt like I breastfed him all the time. 
and it was every hour, I think, and he would breastfeed for like 30 minutes on each boob. And so basically I was literally feeding Grayson every minute of the day, it felt like. I'm not even kidding. And I was covered in breast milk, which is the worst. Um, And he would just scream. It wasn't like he would eat and be satisfied. He was like wailing. And so I have video after video sending it to my sister, who's an expert, four babies in, who breastfed her babies, all of them. Um, And so, and then they were like, oh, well, maybe you should think about what you're eating. So we tried to do some things where we weren't eating as much as like cheese or, you know, drinking. Anyways, it just was like so exhausting. And then we went to two different appointments with a lactation specialist at our hospital who. And the doctor too. Oh, we saw the doctor too. Went to the pediatrician, right? She was the one who said oh, he that's was tongue tied. Right. So three and sent us to the right. different. Yep. So we had tongue tied was his issue. That was the problem. And then another nurse in the same hospital told us he wasn't tongue tied. And here I am, like, literally just bawling most of the day, wishing that someone would just tell me like how to do it. Like I just, first off, it's awkward dealing with a nipple shield and guest and a bobby pillow. Like for me, I don't care, but people would get really uncomfortable when I would just like whip out my boob. I felt like really alone in those moments too. Um, Cause I felt like the party would be happening. And then the second I had to feed Grayson, it was like everybody left the room. Um, that's just a side note, but I didn't add to my <laughs> feeling lonely. No. Uh, so here I was trying to feed him, couldn't do it. The basic necessity of like, human life, right? Breastfeeding is what I thought. Um, and then I had a really dear friend who, um, had, you know, introduced formula to her children early on. Oh, okay. Don't talk crap about me and my mic. If you're going to be kicking stuff. Um, she, uh, introduced formula into her kids early on. And so I talked to her a lot about it. I think I just needed her to tell me it was okay. I for sure was ready. Like I did not want to breastfeed Grayson anymore. And I felt like the worst mom ever. I felt like I had just given up on motherhood. Grayson was going to be broken. We were never going to have a bond. We were never going to be this connected mommy and son, cute pictures that you (laughs) see on Instagram. (laughs) Really truthfully, it's what I thought. And uh, I remember I went to go visit my friend at work and Grayson was awful at spitting up. Do you remember? He would like, not to be too detailed, but basically like across the room, yeah, spit project up. Down. Um, and again, like we had all these different experts, right? It was like, Oh, he's acid reflex. Oh, he's colicky. Oh, he has a tongue, like clip his tongue, like all these different what was, opinions. What was my favorite though? What was the thing? The, the sheet they gave us the oh purple cry purple cry the oh purple cry method it's yeah. like the new version of colic like basically if you're a new mom and you don't punch your doctor in the face when they say that yeah. you should get uh an award if when you leave if your kid sucks they have some cool name for it that's <laughs> it's like, called purple crying this is why he screams all the time <laughs> makes you feel better it's like happy and purple here's why he's doing it, it doesn't <clears throat> make him not do it but here's why he's doing it. No, there's no fix it's just yeah so it was awful. So I made it about like a month and a half. Maybe not. Wow. Six or eight weeks. I can't remember. It was like six weeks. Um, and I remember I went to go visit my friend at work and Grayson threw up 
spit up all over me, like all over my boots, all over my shirt. I walked into her office and I was like, sorry, I didn't walk in like this. I promise. Um, and so we just started talking about it and she was like, just go do it. Like go buy formula, feed it to them, see what happens. And I will tell you, it was literally the best decision of my life to switch grace into formula. It was like night and day difference. And I was almost more angry at myself because I was like, man, if you just would have done this earlier, like if you drop the like, what do people think about me attitude and you just cared about your child and then you did this, but I didn't know. And I really thought like I was breaking some rule of being a mom by introducing formula to him. And then that continued on. Like every time I'd make a formula bottle in public, I was very uncomfortable. I would try to do it really fast. All those false, dirty looks you think you're getting from everybody around the room. Yes. Yeah. I would try to do it really fast. And then I'd pretend like it was breast milk, but really truthfully, it's like bubbled up because I shook it so much. I mean, come on, it looks way different. Um, but really, I look back at it now and I'm like, in a second, I would do it. Like if I had another baby and they experienced the same thing as Grayson, it wouldn't even take me a day. I would switch him over because Grayson was totally different. The spit up stopped. He was able to sleep for a few hours at a time. We were happier. He was just so hungry, right? I mean, if you look at him today, how much food he eats, like oh, he, he literally starving. never stops eating. So he was probably screaming because he's like, what the heck? Can I yeah. have some real food? Like yeah. I want as much food as you can give me. For sure. He went from like, I can't remember. I think it was like, you're supposed to feed him like two ounces when you first start. We were feeding him four and he was like finishing the bottle crying for more. Like he was so hungry. And... I tell that story because it's so opening, eye-opening for me to think like, okay, I know my baby more than anybody does. And so, yes, there are opinions and books and other moms and things that are really great. Like I get a lot of the things I do from the moms who read those books because <laughs> I don't want to. Um, but also the moms who have done a lot of trial and error. Like I get a lot from them. And and that's great, but you just have to know like your baby is your baby. And so if you know in your heart and in your soul that it's like right for you to do something, switching them to formula, keeping them on a bottle past the time you're supposed to keep them on a bottle, like I don't care what it is. If you know that that's right for them, you just have to do it because whatever looks or opinions people give or think that they give, uh, you think that they're giving, um, I promise you, it's just not worth it. Like they're happier. You're happier. Everybody's good. You can't, you can't like, you can't do the time signal. Like you're talking too long. And then when I pause, you don't jump in. It doesn't I was work. Just waiting like that. for you to finish. I thought that was she, it. That like was it. I nursed good. him. It sucked. I switched to formula. Yeah, it was a little more in depth than that, but yeah, it was the best decision. I, I, ever I appreciate you sharing with that. I obviously I'd have no context, have no experience, had the easiest time mm. through all of this. But for the sake of being honest on this podcast, you didn't really want me to switch to formula. Have you seen how expensive formula is? <laughs> okay. And how much he eats? <laughs> I will say, They're though. Producing it for you, free right in front of me. I'm like, oh. For sure. But I also think you fell into line of like, Breast milk is better. It's just so scary, right? When he's that small, you have no idea when everything you see and read is like, this is where brain development and 
this is what makes sure. them big and strong. Like I, I want our baby to be big and strong. I want them to be healthy. I mean, but it, you know, to your defense, to my fault, like I, same thing with like, I need to be giving him eight gallons of cow's milk every single day. Right. I mean, that's a story for another day and my feelings on that, but like, there's all these like myths and things that exist out there and people's personal opinions on what should happen. Like, I'm sure that's all of this is right for the mom who thinks it's right for their baby to your point. Like that's yeah. end of conversation. But I think that's, that's also real that you might have a spouse that is challenging that. And you did. And that's, Sorry. we'll bring it back to my, my. No, error. that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just, <clears throat> it was not an error. It was. Your spouse your, shouldn't be the one that's making you second guess yourself though. Like they well, should be there to I think support that you because like it's a, your body. It's your sure. one doing it. Like I, if it's not working, like you should be able to be, you know, we should have that conversation, but like, you, you know, you ultimately know whether it's working or not. And yeah. And I would say anybody who may be in that situation or find themselves in that situation at some point, for sure. I think just trying it, like you can keep pumping. So your body still wants, still produces milk and give your child formula a couple of days, um, to help test it out. Cause I think that all, that's all it really took for us was like two or three days. And we really saw a big difference. Yeah. Uh, but for the sake of honesty, like you didn't really want to switch to formula and I get it. It's for every other reason that everybody else says not to, it costs money. You're producing it for free already right here in your body. And there's all these concerns about what's in formula, but I will tell you that Grayson's just fine today. And it made us, you know, I don't have to tell you, but yeah. it made and, us totally different. We also so had a really good experience with formula, right? I mean, you hear a lot of horror stories of people who, you know, have to go back and forth and switch formulas and right. try different things. I right. mean, we, we picked the we right tried one, one the first we went time. like with a sensitive one from the beginning that mm -hmm. was going to be like as easy as possible on him. Cause we already knew he probably had some stomach challenges and uh, it worked great. So yeah. Yeah. Perfect. But I still love you. I think your opinion is, is valid, but yes, you're right that it is my body. And if I don't want to breastfeed anymore, I'm going to switch to formula yeah. and you should do. <laughs> I, I do agree. <laughs> okay. It's too late now, but I, I do agree. <laughs> okay. All right. So wrap us up. Anything you want to share? Anything you want to end us with? This has been the first mama stories podcast. The first of hopefully many tons of great guests coming. Great yeah, moms, we have great. a lot of interviews already on the books, so yeah. it's going to happen, which is really exciting. Um, the only thing that I would like to wrap up with is that the goal of Mama Stories is to make sure that a mom knows that she is not alone, she is loved, and she is enough. And that's my goal. So if you feel all three of those things, awesome. If you know at least one of those things, then then we're getting the job done. But the goal is really just to um, help you through motherhood and to give you um, different insights and to give you a tribe, an online tribe you can listen to or read from on mamastories.com. And that's it. Yeah, and hopefully we're a little entertaining. You're hopefully not going to hear me anymore, but... And I promise I'm going to move Sarah's <laughs> mic and get us a little better setup. Maybe hang one from the ceiling. Is it too far? So with I... the hand talking oh, okay. before we started this podcast, I was like, the one thing that's going to be hard for me is watching you train and watching you in life is just when you're so excited and passionate, I'm doing it right now because I don't know why I never talk with my hands, but <laughs> you are just so like into it. Like maybe we turn this into like a YouTube, you know, video thing at some no point. No videos. So people can see you. I'd have to put like pants on and all sorts of stuff at that point, but... <laughs> 
Um, I couldn't be in my grandma jammies. Yeah, that's all right. I couldn't have my surgically repaired knee sitting here up. Oh, but that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, Let's we'll talk we'll about save that, that one for later. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so thank you so much for letting me interview you today. Thanks thank for you, everybody, me. for dealing with me as a host. I think I'll do much better behind the computer, <laughs> coming up with some funny things, so maybe true. adding a laugh track in here or there. Don't do that. No, I won't. I promise. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. This is Mama Stories. Yeah, we did it. Our first one. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you loved it. Please subscribe to this podcast so you can get the latest episodes and tell us what you think about it in the reviews. And mamas, I love you.